Okay, episode six of the Sex Cells podcast. Here we are. Can't believe it's already been six episodes. No, we're flying through. <laughs> it's going so fast. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going? Yeah, good. Uh, I'm liking it. I enjoyed our last one that we just did on monogamy versus non-monogamy. So mm. this one's going to be a bit different. But yes, yeah. this one could be a bit more dramatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of them tonally have been like the incels one, I'd say, got quite uh, deep. Yeah. And there was one other one where I think it was the dating in 2020 we were talking about. Oh, we started that talking about juicy. sexual harassment yeah. and things there. So that one got quite Heavy. deep. but. <laughs> This one is uh, this is a huge concern uh, mm. in modern society, mm. and the trends um, for male suicide are increasing. Mm. And the biggest uh, thing that a lot of people in this sphere are talking about and trying to answer is why don't men open up? Mm. So that's the podcast. Yes. I this was my idea. Mm. Um, I think there I think it's a very deep and complex uh situation. Yeah. I don't think it's uh there's one easy answer. There are mm. a myriad of uh cultural uh mm-hmm. and biological factors mm. at play. Mm. And what I tend to hear from um well from not just feminists but from the the general consensus is that well, the reason men don't open up is because, you know, there's pressure on them to be a man and, and not show weakness mm. and to show strength in the face of adversity. And, well, to, many people would call that toxic masculinity. Mm. So I want to uh, ask you, if, if I were to pose the question to you, why don't men open up about their feelings and emotions? What would your... Uh, as a, as a therapist, mm. Mm. Uh, what would your answer be? Yeah, it's a it's a loaded question and it's it's complicated. Um, I've been working with uh, teenage boys for about six years um, who were vulnerable and and struggle in this field especially, um, and I think there's a lot of reasons. One of them, though, um, a really big one is how we perceive our male primary caregiver and uh, do do they communicate were they able to communicate um did we see our fathers talking openly about their emotions um and often when we haven't seen those things we ourselves develop just the habit of not communicating that and so I think that is probably one of the biggest things um is how we perceive that from or how we viewed our parents Um, obviously women or our mothers were more naturally um, open and do the emotional conversations and maybe a little bit more nurturing typically. Um, And the men or the boys that I have worked with that have had these great communication skills where they can talk and open up often um, may have had that relationship with their dad where they can talk about things. Or sometimes they talk about things openly when they've reach such a point of depression and anxiety, um, suicidal thoughts that they're really, really just trying to reach out in any way they can. Mm. But there is, I think, you know, a lot of boys or or majority of of boys and men do struggle to communicate um, because it can feel unnatural or uncomfortable to them. Um, And it's a big big issue throughout um, time. And, you know, they say that men statistically – don't live as long as women because women are more likely to go to the doctor 
when they have a pain or there's something going on. They're more likely to communicate with their friends when something's going on, whereas men are more likely to internalize that and try to deal with that themselves. Mm. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, those assertions there. Mm. And so what um what led you to take an interest in this in this topic like uh it's something that obviously is very relevant to me mm. as a man in mm. in 2020 mm. and I think there's a lot more to it and other factors that we can explore mm. other than just the pressure that society mm. puts on them yeah yeah so okay where can we start here right now i don't think that kind of caricature of the rough emotionless father is always the case for all Mm. all boys out there i think there are some fathers who are still quite like that Mm. and don't they value toughness resilience Mm. uh logic Mm-hmm. calm thinking but but then ironically they get quite angry mm-hmm. and when they are dealing with uh complex emotions mm. anger is is the way they tend to process mm. that mm. anger frustration bitterness and they very sadly often take it out on uh their family mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of uh men out there who aren't like that nowadays yeah yeah and there can be uh, other factors at play. There can be fathers who are just absent. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have that, exactly. you know, dictator- dictatorial, like sort of uh, militaristic yeah, parenting style, mm-hmm. uh, but they're just absent. Mm. And that can be, I could only assume that can be damaging for uh, the, the child, uh, yeah. especially if it's a son. Mm. Um, then you, you'd have to ask, why are they absent? Are there other factors at play mm. there? And then there are some men who are very progressive mm. and don't put those sorts of restrictions and uh, mm. pressure on their on their boys and uh, allow them to talk about their mm. feelings and, and open up. And um, mm-hmm. I uh, I wonder sometimes what the best parenting strategy as a father is. For sure. Mm. Um, because there is something to be said about instilling resilience into a child. Yeah. Now, it's a very fine balance there, and it's something yeah. I would be quite um, concerned about if I ever became a father. Do yeah. you, if your child is overwhelmed say, at school yeah. or is is um not being uh you know not pulling his weight with the whatever it is the chores mm. or football practice or whatever do you do you tell him look Mm. life isn't easy Mm. i don't care if you're tired Mm. you do it yeah because that's the that's the best way for them to then get through life yeah because if you just indulge all of their uh just say emotions but their uh tendency to um rest and and not not put in a hundred percent you don't want to enable these behaviors exactly but we want to know exactly why these behaviors are there yeah i don't want i wouldn't want to raise a son that then can't talk about their emotions and if they are feeling overwhelmed and uh struggling so 
Yeah, that's right. I it's, think it's tough because, and just really quickly, mm. I think if you go too far one way, it can be detrimental yeah. because what I find quite interesting is uh, this is almost applicable to me. Mm. Uh, and you know, I hear some of the I was there's this there was this there's this YouTube channel called uh, Jubilee, I think, and they. Uh, had this um, discussion with some, you know, MRAs and incels and, and some feminists. And right. the incel was actually saying, I wish my dad did kind of instill some more values of toughness yeah. and, and, and resilience mm. into me because that would have helped me yeah. as a teenager and, and, and helped me uh, get through life. Now, then you get into a question of like, well, is that an issue with society or mm. is it, is it just a fact of our biology that um, the more resilient and the tougher you are, generally the better you're going to do, mm. however society is structured? But those are the sort of questions yeah. I, I wonder about. What, what do you think about, first yeah. of all, that, how, do you, how do you parent a, a boy yeah. you know, when, mm. if they are um, upset about things? Mm. When is the appropriate time to say, no, you need mm. to you need to study. You yeah. need to work. Yeah. Versus, that's okay. You know, I'm here. Yeah. You know, you can talk yeah. to me. There is definitely. I don't want to say it's a fine line, but there is a spectrum, and I've definitely seen a lot of that in the families that I work with. Um, we can have on one end of the spectrum um, a mother or a parents with a child who may be experiencing depression and anxiety and those kind of things and not wanting to go to school, sleeping all day. And all they do is try to support this child so much emotionally and being mm. like, I'll cook for you. And I worked actually with um, a woman and she had a boy and he was only nine or 10 and he was heavily addicted to video games, mm. like addicted, addicted. He wouldn't get off his computer. He had a history of trauma. He'd you know, seen a lot of DV, uh, domestic violence at home. And um, she had felt guilty for that. So she let him play the video games, but it got to the point where he would play sometimes 20 to 40 hours straight. Um, she would bring a bucket into the room to wash him while he played. She'd cook him Gosh. every meal. And then he would get to the point where he'd say, I don't want to eat that cook me something else so she'd make a menu for him and then when he was it was time for him to go to bed he would force her to sleep on the ground next to him because he didn't want to be alone um and that was one of those nice. cases where we were really trying to intervene on this family being like we need to get him to school we need to turn the well not turn the video games off straight away because you have to treat it like any other addiction and sometimes going cold turkey can be really dangerous but we need to treat this and she was so like no 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 let don't don't intervene on him don't let him don't overwhelm him because as soon as she'd be like get off the video games he'd be like cry and she would hate that um but then on the other spectrum we've worked with boys that have such little emotional intelligence and development because they've never had nurturing conversations at all they've never had you know there's that guy revving then is probably yeah, someone who literally that, that was perfect timing <laughs> um you know they, they do say the saying is name it to tame it um so having that they don't have the language to even say anything other than i'm angry and i'm pissed off they can't say that i'm feeling lost or i'm feeling confused mm. or overwhelmed and i think that when it comes to problems men you know there's a there's a saying when it comes to men and women that when a girl a woman comes home and she says you know this happened and blah 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 and i'm so annoyed and then 
a typical or common response from a man being like, okay, let's, let's try fix this. Like what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, no, I don't want a solution. I already know you how to fix it. Just I just want, want yeah, yeah, I just need that yeah. validation. And I think that sometimes that can be the perception of, um, men and how they handle their problems is they're so men are so solution focused they're like okay i'm not happy with this i'm, I'm going to the gym and you've said that a lot mm. in in the, our podcasts yeah it's it's very foreign to me yeah you know, it's something i've um learned to deal with a little bit better but it yeah. still confuses me sometimes yeah. if a, you know a girlfriend or a partner just wants to vent and <laughs> my mind just goes to, all right, well, how, let's talk about how we can yeah. fix it. But they yeah. don't, don't want to like hear if, that. And if just... you're stressed about your credit card bill, let's make a budget. And she's it, like, no, piss off. Yeah, like... it's, it's um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting better at uh, <laughs> dealing with that, but it just goes so against my nature. Yeah, it's so natural to be like, here's the problem, here's the solution. Yeah. Um, a to B, um, but realistically, there's a there's a lot in between A and B. There's probably a whole alphabet. Um, so, true, yeah. in terms of you know our boys and and when they're experiencing these emotions, having psychoeducation and that can be done by parents. Just the simple understanding why are we feeling lost and having these conversations is so important because often parents go. Um, you know, four years before finding out that their child was severely bullied or being beaten at school. And then meanwhile, they're saying, you're lazy and you're not doing anything, but why is he avoiding school? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I think it is about, it's really important to have these conversations, but then at the same point, don't enable unhealthy behavior. behavior. Don't be like, okay, if you want to sit on the couch for four days, I'll cook, clean, blah, blah, blah. It'll be, let's talk about this. Okay, this is, you've experienced this or you're, you're grieving or you're feeling overwhelmed. How can I support you? Um, would you like to talk about it? And then let, why don't we do this together? Why don't we cook a meal together? Those kind of things um, rather than just letting um, or just doing everything for mm. our child. But I think, you know, it, for this podcast, it's it might be like beneficial to talk a little bit about like in Australia, there's been a huge increase in suicide in our young males massively, especially over the last few years. Um, and hmm. males are much more likely to fulfill or complete their suicide attempts because they are more likely to use violent methods um, of suicide compared to um, females. Not that men experience more mental health issues. It's pretty even, but they are more likely yeah, to complete suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one in one in five young people experience a mental health condition every year under the age of 17. Um, and one in two and one in three will have a mental health disorder at any point in their life. So very prevalent <laughs> why do you think that is because you said just quite recently the suicide rate for men in australia has risen yeah w- why yeah what, what has happened in the just those last few years mm. specifically mm. that has uh because if anything in the last few years that's when we're as a sort of become more open about yeah hey men you can talk mm. talk about your feelings mm. let's yeah. there's no shame in yeah. doing that yet the suicide rate has actually in, increased. increased. Yeah. So, what do you do? You what do you think about what? Why? Yeah, <laughs> it's um, 
a lot of the suicide rate, um, there was a kind of a trend or a, a spike around the northern beaches in the last maybe few years. Um, and I was working there at the time with boys and Alongside that spike in suicides, there was a massive spike in drugs, especially ice on the northern beaches. Okay. Not saying that these boys were ice users, the majority of them weren't. Um, but what was interesting is that, you know, I was going to the, out to their schools every day around there and I was so um, mind-blown at the comparison of those schools to the school that I went to um, and I was in the North Shore and the wildest thing that ever happened was two girls once smoked a blunt on the tennis courts and then I go to these schools and they have you gangs. You just went to a, a tame school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one had it. There was no teenage pregnancies, nothing. Um, and then I go to their schools over here and there's three girls in year nine that are pregnant. They, they have literal gangs. People are bringing weapons to school, drugs to school. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a classic public school. <laughs> yeah, but it's coming to the – and I was and like, on the northern beaches. Though, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I work in uh, Western Sydney now with kids there and those things have always been prevalent. Yeah. But it's – this massive trend has just moved around here and it's kind of like this change in, in lifestyle that it's really um, intense and some of the stories that these kids were telling me about what happens at their school was stressing me out like it's not like one of those you know how we're like oh when you're in high school everything it seems like everything but when you go through once you finish year 12 your life will change that's true but when you have like literal gang members threatening you and like um violence and things like that waiting outside your school for you Sometimes it's just it's too much to handle and we have such a high um, value on our status um, and how people perceive us. And if everyone in your school is talking about you, like I worked with a kid once and they had literally made an Instagram just hating on this one um, child who'd come from Africa trying to settle down in Australia, um, removed from abusive home and they made an Instagram just for the purpose of bullying. Um, and then obviously that child became very, very suicidal because they were like not a single kid in my school. There's 600 kids here, not one of them likes me. Um, so I think a lot of it is that mismanagement or lack of awareness of mental health, even though we have increased that massively, it's still, mm. I think there's still a long way to go with that. Sure, yeah. sure. And the stigma of, did, of seeking help. Did that sort of... Did gangs, because I always thought gangs and gang culture has has always existed, but do you think there's some sort of uh, more recent culture that is uh, glorifying that sort of lifestyle Mm. more than than previously? And I don't want to sound like uh, an old crank here, but... Hip-hop, I think hip-hop music is fantastic, mm. but sometimes if it's taken at face value mm. um, and that sort of street culture, which is now very popularised, mm. but, you know, I can attest that myself and mm. I do Cold numerous dog. jokes about <laughs> Indian guys acting like they're gangsters because I think it's just funny and, and ridiculous. But people aspire to to. Yeah. To be in a gang, to be That's a it. rapper with, uh, you know, million bitches yes. on the side and make all this money and be successful. Whereas 
Mm. Would that have existed uh, earlier on in, say, the 20th century exactly. when there were other precious mm. men faced, but it was more, you know, I want to, well, if we go way back, I, I can only imagine, you know, I want to serve my country, I want to go to war, yeah. I want to have a family. Yeah. I can't imagine those same um, goals exist today with, yeah. with young men. Well, in some ways it is in a, a very twisted way, the same because you know you you go to the country to uh, going to war to serve your country. There's two aspects of that: one is purpose, and one is like the the brotherhood, yes, yes, um, yes. the community of that. And that's what we're seeing with these kids. Like uh, last year, I was working with kids up in Hornsby that hang around um, Westfield, um, the shops. Uh, the Westwood shops. Some of the Eshes. The Eshes, yeah. 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 Um, shout out if you're watching this. <laughs> Worked with them a lot. but Got nothing on cold <laughs> I'm going to try. Some of them um, you are know, 14 and they have been taken under the wing of 19, 20-year-old boys. Yeah. And then they're like, now I'm cool and I'm the coolest in my school. I'm the most threatening. I'm the most, yeah. you know, feared. Um then they stop going to school because the 19 year old like, don't bother, like it's school stupid. So they drop out of school and then it's, you know, they lose their education, they lose job prospects, they lose their family. Often relationships break down when they're like, my kid's never coming home. They're not doing this. They're doing drugs. They're drinking on a Wednesday 3 p.m. in the afternoon yeah. in the park. That's how they feel accepted. Yeah. That's how they feel powerful. Yeah. So in some ways it's like they are – They've got this community and sense of belonging with their little gang, which is great, but then they're exiled from everything. Their school's hating on them. The family's pissed off. Westfield Hornsby's pissed off. Like, <laughs> stop graffitiing the wall. Frank Lowy's getting angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it, there's a lot of factors mm. to it, but it's it's, it's challenging. Yeah. That lifestyle is, is – te- I can – like I said, I can attest to that. It's tempting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, when you grow up and – in certain generally more lower socioeconomic areas, yeah. but now I think it's it's prevalent in yeah. yeah. The, I mean the beaches, yeah. I mean, goodness, like that's supposed to be the more affluent areas exactly. in Sydney. And if that sort of uh, gang culture, gang lifestyle is um, uh, prevalent mm. there, then yeah. what hope <laughs> does anyone have? Exactly. So yeah. then the question is. Well, first of all, this is where where this is a focusing on on young boys in particular. Yeah. Um, then I I would you know I'd put two and two together. So the reason a lot of them are maybe uh, resorting to, to suicide is because that it's that sort of lifestyle mm. is so well it's dangerous. First yeah. of all, mm. it's full of fear and and mm. really, what are you actually aiming towards? Yeah, what is the purpose there? You yeah, you want to be the top gang member? Yeah. Okay, call them what? Yeah, you know, exactly. there's no real meaning or uh, value to that life. That's so true. And they say sometimes the key to happiness is to have a purpose. And if you oh. you know you, you drop out of school, you lose your family, you lose your friends, and you only have friends where you don't do anything but sit and smoke all day. What's your purpose? Where where is your sense of purpose? Yeah, yeah, just um, mm. bashing kids and yeah, and getting roots. Yeah, <laughs> literally, the, well, that is literally yeah. it, right? And yeah, um, you know, thinking about that boy who kept playing video games. Mm. What video games do for young men yeah. is you're the hero. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're shooting all these bad guys. You're, mm. you, there's this clear sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. You're achieving something. Mm-hmm. So it's so tempting. Exactly. You know, I can, again, like it was for me as well. Um, so we've got to, I think, um, change schooling and society for and, and yeah. culture for young men to feel like they do have a purpose if they... Mm are going to school and yeah. are trying hard and, and not, you know, and not resorting to yeah. drugs and gangs and crime, which, again, I sound like a, a priest or something here. Well, that's But the, it's yeah. just the older I get, I'm like, this, it's true. Well, this is the thing is this is how we perceive it as adults. And, you know, in my work, um, in my last job, we would go to schools at lunchtime and there would be like us and and headspace and like variety of counseling like ymca like all these services directed for young people and then the goal would be to get the kids to engage you know with our school during their lunch break so we can talk about mental health and and what services are available to them and to the adults like to us and the people in the service we're like oh hell yeah like this is going to be how we save the kids it's all about the intervention the education and it is but you also have to think like a teenager like no one's going to be that interested in me standing behind a table being like hi would you like a blue band that you know, beyond blue like <laughs> oh, those yes. kind did you know one and three <laughs> oh, no one cares about that but imagine if someone came into the school and was like hey like let have a chat to the kids and be like dude i fucked up my life this is what happened like yeah. just that real down to earth chat with the kids is what is really really helpful and that's that's also how I get um my kids to talk about these things is not coming at it from like a therapeutic like adult kind of thing just being on their level and being like yeah man that's that shit's crazy Hmm. you know like tell me more um having those chats on their level is so much more effective than being like we know what's right (laughs) yeah 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 I mean teenage boys are so naturally rebellious yeah exactly as soon as uh the school is telling them to act and value a certain thing they're gonna go they're gonna go the opposite yeah so it's a complicated issue i'm just gonna pause this really quickly Mm because i'm seeing the shadows starting to pop up just give me a sec um yeah yeah look it's a minefield (laughs) um navigating the uh modern modern youth i suppose um and then you add in the pressures of social media and mm. uh, there isn't a clear pathway for, for well, if we're just, I think, for young people in general, but let's just keep it to young men. Yeah. Um, cool, you've got to spend all this time studying and learning about things that you perceive as useless and, yeah. and worthless when, you, you you know, you see these, uh, well, YouTubers and um, mm-hmm. uh, uh musicians mm. uh, and that lifestyle just looks so appealing exactly um, I hope that's part of the reason I became a yeah, comedian like it, yeah. it, it, um, for people who feel like the just average route of life mm. isn't enough for them and school it's is just there's so much pressure and I think that a lot of adults fail to realize how intense high school is especially it's just it's so you have the social pressure but also the pressure from the school like I remember in my high school not once did I ever hear about any other university other than Sydney Uni and Macquarie Uni and UNSW I literally thought they were the only three unis that existed because they were like you either you 
finish your HSC and you and you go to one of these schools. And I did go to a private school, but it's just that immense pressure of if you don't fulfill this, if you don't do well in your exams, if you don't study, then um, that's going to impact your entire future. Mm. And then imagine if, you know, you have a year where you're not doing that great, you're failing some of your assignments and you're struggling at school. You're not going to think that's okay. I'll, I'll get back on the horse. You're going to be like, well, you know, I've, I've now fucked up. Mm. What's the point? Yeah. How do we, how do we help them? Uh, my mm. uh, only, the only thing I can think of is somehow controlling what, sort of uh art they're exposed to because mm. this is where i think a lot of these terrible ideas uh are formed and i, I keep saying this but i actually do i feel like such a grandma yeah. here but <laughs> you know i started listening to to rap music when i was when i was 10 yeah. um and we're talking like pretty hardcore stuff yeah and i loved it and even my parents were concerned like what is this? Yes. why is he listening to this and you know, I grew out of it eventually yeah. and, and it didn't really impact me mm -hmm. and it wasn't to the detriment of my uh, my studies. Mm -hmm. And that was probably because I, I'm Indian. <laughs> like you have to study and you have to do well. So yeah. if you want to know about pressure, oh God, <laughs> selective schools. But yeah. um, if I hadn't had, had that sort of cultural pressure, I'm actually glad I had yeah. it because I... I would have so easily just fallen into that uh, if, if I had parents that mm. were just a little bit more, uh, maybe were just absent. Mm. I would have easily just been, you know, some mm -hmm. some SoundCloud rapper smoking <laughs> cones all day. Not yeah. again, not that SoundCloud rappers. There's a lot of really good <laughs> ones out there. I keep tugging rap in this. I'm not just, yeah, you know, having to go at hip hop here. But, um, yeah, you know. Porn as well. You look at, you know, mm. there's so many, like, pranks on YouTube that are just the guy getting the getting the girl and that's a huge part of yeah. young boys. Um, yeah. Uh, and I can, you know, that wasn't a fun time at all where, you know, you have to be hooking up. If yeah. you're not getting laid, if you're still a yeah. virgin by the time you're 18, you're a loser. Yeah. So... These, I can't imagine, were things that existed even just 50, 60 years yeah. ago. I can't imagine mm. um, young teenage boys in the um, even in the 60s or 70s. Mm. Well, maybe they wanted to be rock stars, actually. Yeah. So Yeah, that's right. There's something to be said there. But because mm. religion was uh, still a lot more enforced, yeah. they we had a much more strict... Uh, cultural code, yeah. if you will, and that can be damn. That has its downsides, yeah. but now we're almost seeing. I think we're seeing the good sides of that. Now I'm not mm. sort of suggesting. Oh, we go back to, you know, that sort of um mm. very strict adherence mm. to certain ethical norms. But yeah. have we become too um almost too liberated? Yeah. Where uh. You know, we've taken away the obviously the cane, and we've uh, mm. we're maybe not as uh, strict, and mm. we don't enforce discipline mm. as much on uh, on young boys. And that yeah. for 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 some at least who aren't maybe who aren't experiencing trauma or pain, and mm. who are just you know tending towards laziness. Yeah, just chilling. Maybe that yeah. would be a you know whip yeah. them, whip them in shape, like get that exactly. kind of army corporal to be like yeah. you know you. 
Yeah. You study. You go and do some run yeah. some laps around the oval, young man. <laughs> like, yeah. Or whatever. Whatever. That That's are. right. Sometimes <laughs> I have thought, literally, for particular kids, like just to send them to an army camp would just be so beneficial. Mm. But to touch on your first point about your cultural upbringing being beneficial, there is a lot of benefits, but there's also a downside to oh, that. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. And one of them, particularly in possibly um, Indian, but especially in Asian communities, um, was that there's such a stigma of you cannot see a therapist, you cannot oh, yeah, see yeah, the counsellor. Yeah, yeah. um, and it's, you know, I, I know my child is burning out from all this homework, but that's their, that's what they got to do kind of thing. And then this kid's mm. having an absolute breakdown because they didn't get an A or 100%. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, what we had to realise with teenagers is that our teenage years are so formative and we are surged constantly with hormones and changes and that we're driven by developing our own identity um, and especially our own tribe. Yeah. So what the tribe does, we're going to follow through. And that's where it's really hard. It's so difficult to intervene on a troubled young male because you cannot intervene rarely on just one. you got to get the whole group. Mm. Um, and to bring one out, the consequences of that is so, to him, so dire and so serious. I've lost all my friends. I've lost oh, my respect. Yeah, yeah. I've lost my crew. I've lost the girls, like those kind of things. Yeah. it's That's the most important thing in their life. It yeah. literally is. So I think that the ways that we need to intervene on them is coming at them the best way we can access the groups of kids is during their school or at school that's when they usually are or out in their um doing outreach in like the westfield centers and one really good way is that um at, at westfield hornsby in particular there's a massive issue with kids graffitiing and they know the kids and the kids get in trouble but what happens is if you're a child and you um, you get a fine for graffitiing, it's $268 something, that child can come to me um, in my role that I work in and then I can set up what is called a working development order. Whereas every um, every time they see me, I just fill out online and it's it counts as paying off their fine, mm. which really isn't teaching them the consequence of that because it's like, cool, I just get to hang out with Eliza um, maybe I have to talk about my feelings a little bit, but at least I don't have to actually work to pay that money off. I'm just going to go do it again. Um, But a cool intervention that was brought was that Westfield had tried to do their own interventions where they were giving kids a piece of paper with all this information and the rules. And I was like, kids aren't going to read this. Like Mm. no one cares about a brochure. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, that's not going to interest a kid. So what, um, an organization ended up doing was they would take these kids um, that do the graffiti and um, if anyone's interested, it's called street work and Chatswood and they allow kids to do graffiti on the, on the tennis courts there with a graffiti artist. So it's like, okay, if you want to do graffiti, cool, do it, but let's do it in a legal way and you can do it here. We'll let you chill. We'll pump some music and there's male youth workers around if you want to chat. Mm. So that, I think that was a good intervention. Also just, um, speaking to boys on their level and being realistic with them and talking about things that they're interested in. Like I find that a lot of boys have come to me when they've had this um, epiphany about their life when they're down the wrong track. And sometimes, very often, it's come from 
a significant sports person, like a role model that's come to their school and like had a chat or like has spoken about their upbringing and they've related to that person because they respect that person. But then if you've got, you know, your your 55 year old teacher who hates you being like, this not going to, they're not going to respect or engage with that. Mm. Um, And we always say at our work, if you ever want to have like serious chat with a teenage boy, get him in a car where they don't have to make eye contact with you. They can look out the window, but they can't leave. (laughs) They're there for the chat. And that's where I have all my best chats. I'm always like, let's go for a drive. We'll get you a milkshake. And then little do they know the whole therapy has just been done on the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, look, thank you. I mean, this is a great service that you're doing for the community. (laughs) Um, Those are, you know, those are, essential preventative uh Mm. measures but i think ideally we want to we want to get to the sort of the 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 cause of why are they going and graffitiing in the first place and Mm. and maybe this sounds a bit maybe this is simplistic or Mm. i'm not sure but we need to create and you know reform education and and our culture in general so that it is you know it's it's cool to be smart <laughs> you know yeah. we want to aspire to yes. be educated and it's not associated with like the the nerd stereotype is so damaging it's yeah. like oh you're you're a pansy if you try mm. to be smart no it's actually a very masculine thing to yeah. you know uh, yearn for knowledge. Does that yeah. sound? Like I'm sure the kids are watching yeah. that and all this fucking this, <laughs> this guy. But um, uh, and I, I that comes from art. I think I don't, I don't see what else that you know can come from. Um, so I you know I try I try to do. I'm just one person out there with a following, but mm-hmm. uh, it it is a tough one. But no, what? Yeah. And then also. I'm sure kids that come from broken homes yeah. and 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 yeah. you know poorer economic situations are much more likely to to fall into um, those things. You know, exactly. some would say uh, a lot of the more uh, progressive liberal ideas we have about culture come from the upper class yeah. because it's easier for them to you know mm. go out and not worry about marriage and not worry about and do a bit of drugs and mm. on the side because mm. you come from wealth and mm. you're still going to get a good job and yeah. you're still going to educate yourself but what you've done to the working class and 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 um the poorer people in society mm. is you've given them a reason to not contribute um and to look to other means that's it that's so true i love that you said make it cool to be smart because and also (laughs) it's just very nature it's it's so it's gonna be impossible (laughs) but it's the answer (laughs) no it's so such a good point and also the the um you know upbringing and community and socioeconomic status is so true because mm. you know we when when we work with these boys out in western sydney and we're like let's try and do this like what are your goals no one's goals I shouldn't say no one's, but often it's very rare to find some of these boys to have a goal of going to uni or studying or having a career even or just a job because they haven't seen anyone in their life ever do that. Yeah. So then it's yeah. unobtainable. So in that case, role modeling comes in and that's that's so important. Like if we could just have like a big brother or 
I don't want to say big uncle, that sounds creepy, but you know, like those big brother programs yeah, like sure. come into schools would be so, so great. Like imagine if we had, um, you know, people that have, well, we do this in our high school that I went to, um, they have ex um, students go back to the school and talk to the students, mm. but that's all about like, Hey, here's what you can study. But what if we had previous students go in and be like, here's what I learned about high school yeah, it was shit. Yeah, this happened. Like having someone that they can role model off um, is so important. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, that would be massive. But yeah. you're competing with so many other factors. You know, yeah. if, if one day a week that role model comes in and talks to the kids for 20 minutes, for the rest of the day, they're still talking to their gang friends yeah. or whatever. You know, it's yeah. not necessarily all in gangs, but exactly. they're still talking to their peers and they're still watching whatever they watch on, on YouTube yeah. and, and the internet. So it is, it's a tough one. It's, a, yeah. but, but those sorts of things make um, incremental steps in there. And yeah. they can, you know, if you just save one kid, that's, that's huge. So. Also, teenagers, the best way to get a teenager to do anything is they need incentive. That without yeah. incentive, they're not going to do shit. And so, like, one of the ideas that you can do is, or that I've seen done is, we, with those boys that graffiti all over Hornsby that constantly getting in trouble. They were like, why don't we just have you participate in a project where they've like made this on their, their taxi rank. They've got this huge wall and the whole thing's graffiti and they let kids from the community help graffiti it, um, like spray paint it with spray paint artists, like getting them involved in something. Um, I think they were also trying to do like a, if you come in for lunchtime um, and speak to a youth worker for five minutes, we give you McDonald's for free. Mm. Those kind of things were somewhat successful. Then they were just trying to get the free meal, but you know, incentive. You got to do something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to do something. You got to, yeah. uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. And, and uh, I can see how that's contributing yeah. hugely to the yeah. young male suicide rate in, yeah. in particular. They just feel like there's no, path forward there's no mm. meaning um now well, let's talk about older men as well because a huge uh a huge group that's at risk from suicide is the sort of uh 40 to 55 year old yeah. men now and yeah. um, i've looked at some of the statistics there and one of the biggest if not the biggest well the two major reasons that contribute to male suicide are either relationship breakdown or job loss mm-hmm. um and this comes down to the idea that a man's worth is his job. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, it should be. Like, yeah. I, to a certain extent, I mean, it is mine. <laughs> if, yeah. if, if comedy and all of this was ripped away from me, yeah. like, God, that would, that would suck. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, you, you do that job and you, and you go through, especially if it's like a blue-collar type of yeah, job. You know, right. you're in the mines or you're at the construction site, you're doing this hard work all day mm-hmm. and you're doing it for your wife and kids. Yeah. And that is the me- that is what keeps men going, I think. Mm-hmm. That is I'm pushing through, I'm persevering to f- to put food on the table, mm-hmm. to to do it for my family, to do it for my kids and when that's ripped away, mm-hmm. uh I can only imagine yeah. that would be yeah. abysmal for a man. Now mm-hmm. now there is a a few caveats there like uh that doesn't mean women shouldn't, you know, should stick around if they're in a bad relationship yeah. or something like yeah. that. And, you know, I don't think those sorts of professions get much respect anymore, whereas previously um, 
being a being a cop or being a even just a a, a laborer or a mechanic mm. or you know a fireman these sorts of professions mm. were so much more respected yeah whereas uh it's not like they're not respected nowadays mm. but i i I don't think they are in the same way they're all, you know, joining the army, these yeah. sorts of things that were usually always, almost always the domain of men. Now it's changing and that's a good thing. You know, women should mm. be allowed to um, be in these professions as well. Mm. Um, but with um, some of the more progressive ideas that have come about in society, what has persisted is the idea that, you know, a job and a family is the, main facets of self-worth for a man and that i think if we can transform and change that yes i think that will benefit for sure a lot of men i think a big part of that as well is the not just the value you hold to yourself like providing for your family but the value that you hold to other men if you lose your job and your Mm. if you your relationship breaks down like how you perceive that might be looked at by the men that you associate with also we find that um I used to work, I spent um, three years working as a phone counselor for Lifeline, the suicide hotline, and Mm. majority of the calls came from elder men, which I found surprising. And there's Mm. definitely a huge increase, especially when people retire and they've lost their Mm. sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, So finding, I guess they would say like that it's helpful to find a purpose outside of work, which is so much easier said than done, but also... Important. Yeah. So important. Men often at the ages of 40 or 50 may not even have two friends. It's actually a good thing if you have two friends. Some men don't have any friends at all at that age. Um, And it's so common. So if you you lose your job or you lose your relationship, you think you've got nothing. Yeah, Yeah. and if you haven't maybe excelled in your career compared to your colleagues. Or like a 24-year-old earning twice as much as you. Oh, you internalize that failure so much. and. But then you, the question is, okay, what, well, mm. focusing on those other aspects that can uh, fulfill your psychological needs is an important one. Yeah. I think men should always um, maintain strong friendship groups. Yeah. And I think it's important to have a female, female friends as well yes. because sometimes when it comes to male friends, you know, they're not always the best at yeah. opening up to about certain things. Yeah. And you don't want to just burden your girlfriend or wife with everything. Yeah. So I think having a female friend that, you know, as long as there isn't any sort of, well, then yeah, it opens a platonic the door to female je- friend. jealousy and things. But like, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that's then a flaw within the um, partner if she's yeah. getting jealous about that. But I've found for me in my life, that has actually been, so helpful because yeah. I've been able to talk about things that it's again it's not as though you know I can't talk about mm. certain things with uh with my male friends but yeah that's right it I, helps it does I yeah. think it's a great a great thing to have a variety of friends and I think um I'm the biggest advocate for and I'm constantly saying that men need more nurture from women and also from other men um and that some men are so nurture deprived that they haven't had anyone like I've had people um say to me call up and say someone at my work patted my shoulder and said oh great job today like a woman and he said that's the first time anyone has you know just touched me in in six months haven't even had a hug from a family member Mm. those kind of things and another point that you know I read on the internet the other day was saying was like when was the last time you saw a man 
compliment another man. And that's quite rare. I mean, I like that that time you, when you were on the podcast with you and you're like, I could look at a man and say he's hot. Um, and I think that's <laughs> kind of rare. Yeah. I think that is changing, you know. Yeah. Well, men will compliment men on, you know, those sorts of, you know, look, yeah. you know nice nice guns. Yeah. You know, yeah. or like, yeah, you're doing, like, yeah, you're doing well type yeah. thing. But um, it's not the same as... It's surface level yeah, compliments yeah, rather than, of, you're uh, pretty intelligent, Neil, or like... You've got a kind heart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I, I don't think it's that. Well, at least in my social circles, yeah. I think, you know, maybe we could compliment each other more. Yeah. But I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad either. Mm. I think men need, yeah, they need a purpose. They yeah. need to feel like they have meaning and, and purpose. And it is important for them to talk about their feelings. But if they, if they can't, if they've lost something that they previously was their main purpose in yeah. life and they can talk about it as much as they want, but unless they find a new purpose, yeah, I think that that's the main exactly. thing. Exactly, and um, yeah, that's when they are very vulnerable, isn't it? When the mm. if divorce sets in, and um, mm. and also if a relationship breakdown. I mean, I you know, men tend to think, oh, I'm a fa-, you know, I failed, mm. I failed. It was my fault. Um, whereas mm. what you know, when you've had um. You know, if a relationship has ended, do you do you do you tell yourself that? Do you think never? No, see, yeah. <laughs> not once. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I don't just just put that out there. I don't think it's his fault either. I just think it wasn't meant to be. But I do know that you know when I speak to um, ex partners or my friends speak to their ex partners, they're often thinking, reflecting, being like, "What could I have done different?" Or "Why did I oh, screw this up?" Yeah. Like those kind of things. Whereas. It's hard not to. Yeah. Especially if, yeah. if you've been broken up with. Yes. Which yeah. the trends are, it's like um, 80% of breakups are in heterosexual relationships yeah. are initiated by by the woman. Wow. Um, I think I read that. Yeah. I didn't know that. No. That's, that's crazy. I have to look into that. I'm not yeah. sure if that's the exact stat. But majority. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And then... Mm. it's it, it yeah like it's tough i mean yeah every man's gone through that but yeah. it is fucking, it's and tough then man like take it's... away take that as well as not having you know if you're in your 40s or 50s less likely to have a social group to fall back on like it's so hard for men to make friends like i have a um a mate who moved to sydney from canberra and he was saying he it was so hard for him to find male friends that he would just have to awkwardly like hang out with these same guys at the gym mm. and then try to be like want to get a drink and they're a bit like like mm. I have a girlfriend, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he just wanted a mate. Yeah, Damn, that's, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. and usually it's, most women would get their mates from um their their job exactly so, just that familiarity. Yeah. Whereas girls, like I met. A girl um, last Sunday, we were just at a like a friend's house, hadn't met her before, and then she came over for dinner on Thursday night. It's just like that. It's yeah. so much easier. You do, you yeah, do make friends yeah. <laughs> really, really easy, don't yeah. you? Where there's less shame to be mm. like, hey, like we get along, let's hang out. Whereas I think that men can find that uncomfortable to say to have that discussion. It is, yeah. Yeah, I, it shouldn't be, but yeah, I would feel uncomfortable doing that. Yeah, and like mandates aren't as common like going out for dinner and like yeah i mean you get drinks with your, your yeah, mates drinks, and that, but like yeah. these are usually friends that you've had for a long time yeah. and i've yeah they're either my friends are all either high school friends or people from yeah my career world yeah. so <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> um 
I'll touch on something else I forgot, but mm. this is good. This is good. Yeah. Um, there are services, though, that can are specifically for um, men kind of in that. I think there's, it's called Men's Shed or, yeah, I think yeah. it's called Men's Shed. And yeah. they go and, like, do manly things together, like build things and, like, yeah. cut wood or whatever and then like develop friendships that's good though. Yeah. Like, that's what you need you know yeah. you, you, you gotta you it's gotta be doing things like, i I, yeah. I heard something where if a man loses his job he's much more likely to just d- detach from society and mm. not feel like he you know he should be doing anything whereas if women lose their job they're much more likely to join community groups yeah. and volunteer and still yeah do these sorts of things. So um, reframing your identity and your uh, self-worth, mm-hmm. I think it's worthwhile if you're, even if you are a man who's not suffering from anything at the moment, look at what you're valuing in life and mm-hmm. and, and sort of understand that if, if certain things were taken away from you, which is very likely, I mean, look, if now like, the job market is so insecure, oh, <laughs> like who yeah. knows what's going to happen. So yeah value you know give yourself a a a meaning a purpose and that can be that's up to you you know trying to make it maybe something a bit more abstract or something Mm. to do with a you know a philosophy or an ideology as opposed to just the the job or just and and you know i i have my uh qualms with um religion sometimes but that gives people a purpose that Mm. if they do lose their job it's not the end of the world it's Okay, that that wasn't right. For, you know, this that is all God's path. God's so, path, yeah. So, mm. yeah, it, I think we're starting to see the we we tended to look at all the bad things of you know religion and the, maybe mm. some of the more strict mm. cultural codes that we had previously, but now I think we're missing some of those good aspects. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Again, I'm not sort of saying, oh, we need to just go back to the 50s and all yeah. be whatever it is, trad wives and you it's, know, like yeah. uh, manly men, but. We need to think about things a bit, a bit more, and then um, mm. uh, understand that meaning is so important to. Mm. If we're talking about men, men specifically, and we will, I, you know, we mm. will do a podcast about particularly like mm. young girls who yeah. are facing a hell of a lot of uh, issues. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you know touching on that religion and thing like that. It's interesting, a common thing that's coming through our podcast, even though we've had such a variety of topics, a lot of the common um, theme is that it's the sense of belonging as well as purpose. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So that belonging to the church can be really fulfilling to someone. Belonging to the incel community is, is you need fulfilling. A, you need yeah. a community, yeah. You need to feel that you belong to something, Um and we should all try to belong to something outside of our relationships mm. as well um, because it's a big thing yeah yeah, yeah. so mm. now it's you know being an Aus- australian patriotism was yeah. i think much more va- valued in uh mm. in previous generations compared to what it is now now there's a there's a whole uh movement to you know really kind of tear down what uh you know some some of the um uh, notions about what it means to be an Australian or an American mm. and things like that. So, mm. and you know, it sometimes not even politically correct to say this, but it's the white working class men that are suffering a hell of a lot right now. Um, and in America, they're the ones that are most likely to suicide. They have a higher suicide rate than mm. even um, even you know black or Hispanic men. Mm. 
which I can't help but think because that sort of, you know, the idea of patriotism and nationalism has been degraded. And, and for right reasons, most of the time, I think, oh, look, that's another podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. when, you, when you just strip things like that away from mm-hmm. society, you just take away religion, you take away, you know, the sense of country and, and you've got to replace it with things. Yeah. You can't just sort of say, oh, you need to... It, because what we've replaced it with, I think, is just relationship and job. Yeah. Because um, what else is there then? Exactly. And we we've got to create new um, new whether it's ideologies or a, a sort of unifying cultural narrative that everyone can get behind. Yeah. Um, and that I think will help. I know it's I'm sort of thinking a bit more outside the box here, but I really do think that will help with. Um, well, with ma- male mental health. Um, yeah. Now, another thing I want to I want to touch on is uh, I uh, I read a statistic that said fifty uh, percent of men who had opened up to were most likely a romantic partner felt admonished or or yeah. punished or uh, that it it didn't really work for them and and yeah. and you know I yeah. I felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah. Because, yeah, and you know, it was a few weeks ago, it was Male Mental Health Week, and you saw all these people posting these memes and they, we need to support our boys and things like that. And it's, but it's not an easy thing to do. If yeah. a man's sitting there, you know, being vulnerable, it's often very uncomfortable emotions, yeah. especially if the, you know, it's not always mm. emotions of love and, mm. you know, uh, how much your partner loves you or anything like mm. It can be often very, um, disconcerting emotions of uh, anger and bitterness yeah. and resentment and even and jealousy um mm. and sometimes when i uh hear things like oh this is fragile masculinity or this is uh you know mm. this is just um you being an incel or whatever mm. that to me is a contradiction to what otherwise um modern uh the modern progressive culture would uh would encourage which is for men to 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 open up so Mm. what do you think about that well (laughs) what i loved is that you raised a really really important point which i hadn't actually thought about before and that was that when men express themselves you know men are more likely to express feelings of anger than women like we might kind of be sad or detached or upset whereas a man might you know, be more aggressive, but he's still communicating his feeling. And then oh, we might respond to that as being like, you're angry. I'm not dealing with this and yeah. shut that down. Um, so that's an important point to realize is that we will express our emotions um, differently. And when I'm at um, my work, I always have this debate with the girls at work because I'm always saying, you know, I love when men can open up and be vulnerable and speak about their emotions or or feel free enough to cry and they all think oh my god Eliza you're a freak like um if a man cries in front of me that's I don't like it he's not a man and I'm like oh your poor husband (laughs) but you know it's it's that shut that we've got such contradicting different views on it not that one's mind's right and, and hers is wrong or or whatever but I definitely think that there is a thing about um men do get shut down for speaking out or opening up and then if it happens once 
you might not want to do it again. And then you've, you're stuck in this internalizing mm. your own emotions and trying to deal with it on your own. And you may not even know how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I've dealt with, with that in my personal mm. life and it's not nice. It's, um, yeah, that's exactly it. You just, all right, fine. Then I won't open yeah. up. So yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, I can see the argument against that, which is that it's not up to your girlfriend to, you know, take care of you. It's not up to your girlfriend to like deal with all if you are experiencing trauma or whatever mm. internal issues you are experiencing. But at the same time, it's a tough one because you can't burden your uh, romantic partner. But at the same time, you sh- it should be you should cultivate a space I where think, you can be yeah. open and, and, and share exactly. your emotions with each other. Because I think, I think most men look if a woman is. Um, well, I take a lot of look if a woman's upset and is crying. Like I like being the shoulder to yeah. cry on, and that yeah. gives me like a, I f- I feel uh, yeah. not powerful but needed, yeah. and that's a big thing yeah. for men. They want to feel needed yeah. now. Is that something? This is where it could get quite you know even politically incorrect, but. Mm. Is it a turnoff when you know a boyfriend or a, a husband is mm. crying, or not just crying, but is 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 showing is showcasing those sorts of emotions yeah. that are generally, like you said, would you you associate with mm. women? So uh, being upset and vulnerable and yeah. sad. I think to me and to um, people friends that are similar to me, we wouldn't think that's a turnoff. But to people I know that have growing up in um, communities such as like Arabic communities where their dads are really stern and tough. They, those are the women that I'm hearing are saying this is a turn off to me because mm-hmm. that's not how they've seen their fathers or males in their life um, express their emotions. Mm. Um, but I think that we really need to be compassionate to our men and, and value them opening up and, and speaking out. And I don't think it should it is a turn off in the slightest way. I think it's, and I also don't think it's about putting a burden onto your girlfriend. I think that's a small sacrifice that you make in a relationship is that when you're going through something, I'll carry some of that burden with you and support Mm. you. Um, And when I'm going through something, you'll carry some of my burden. Um, And we shouldn't, and and I do hear a, a lot of, boys or men say that to me very frequently like you know I'm going through this um but I can't talk about it with my girlfriend because I just don't want to stress her or she'll get more overwhelmed than I am about it and it will just turn into a bigger thing Mm. um which is really sad that then they feel that they can't even carry that but often when the roles reverse women are very willing to express themselves and be like here's my problem don't fix it but be there to listen to it and and help me through that kind of thing it's a, well it's yeah. almost expect it's like a that's yeah. what you saw there's this tacit uh understanding that yeah. the man will care for and and yeah. help a woman through through mm-hmm. her issues um so mm-hmm. we need it's it's but it is it's tough like mm-hmm. to to sometimes deal with i think there's a lot of posturing and virtue signaling that does go on on social media you know yeah. I've even seen women who previously were in my life post all that stuff about male mental health week and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, mm, like that's mm. rich. Um, <laughs> but that's why I said having a female friend, I think yeah. I would encourage a lot of men to 
again, it's not like I'm saying, oh, don't open up to your girlfriend, yeah. but yeah. have the more people you can talk to about yeah. that sort of thing, the better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you can't open up to your girlfriend about it, you need to really have a conversation or think about that because it's not going to be as healthy or functional of a relationship if you have to conceal your emotion emotions whereas hmm. she can express her emotions however she pleases and you have to keep yours baseline at all point it's not going to work well it might but it will be more challenging yeah, yeah for sure what do you think about how often when men do express their emotions it can be in anger and um it can yeah. can be quite confronting to to see that sometime now i'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that anger is taken out on yeah. on the girlfriend but yeah. you know he's, he's disgruntled he's yeah. yelling he's getting upset at little you know just little things and he's always peeved mm. probably a stronger word than peeved. you know <laughs> he's um he's just an angry man yeah. <laughs> and and then you see like I expect middle-aged men, it's, which is bad, I just expect them to be grumpy because it's what they're all like. And my dad's like that. And when I talk to my friends, they talk about their dads and, yeah, they're all just grumpy and, yeah, like, up, yeah. angry at something. So, yeah. And, and we, that's terrible. They shouldn't be. No. They shouldn't be. So how do you then, how do you tell, a, a you know, a girlfriend or a wife, like, look, this is, I think, I think that you need to, if you're getting into a relationship with, especially a long-term yeah. committed relationship, there is... You know, the, like the wedding vows say, through better or worse, yes, right? Yeah. You you got to support this person, and there's a an, a frustration that happens with a lot of uh, men that I've t- talked to in my life is like, oh, she wasn't there for me when I actually, you know, there's mm. a lot of women will say, if you can't handle me at my worst, yeah. you don't deserve me at my <laughs> best. But it's yes. like, as soon as the man's at his worst, oh, I'm out. Like, yeah. and and that now again i totally this it it does get into very murky territory here because Mm -hmm. often when the man is at his work i'm not excusing abusive behavior at all okay so that is where Mm -hmm. it does get quite controversial Mm -hmm. and um a lot of times when men are going through things that can very unfortunately manifest itself in um whether it's emotionally or physically abusive behavior. And, and, and without it, you know, there is this old idea that, no, the woman, the wife has to mm. sit with her. And no, like she's yeah, got to leave. That's right. She's got to get out of there. Yeah. But again, like. Then how do we support our men? Yeah. Just when they're feeling. Yeah, that's a tough grumpy. one. Yeah. I think it's, I, you know, I always say this and people hate it, but it's so important to learn your partner's love language. Do you, you, you know this? And mm. um, knowing how, because sometimes if if you are angry and I reach out to hug you, you, you if you push, pulled away because you don't want to be touched mm. and then all of a sudden I've, I've taken that personally and I'm like, well, I tried and that's sometimes, yeah. it's a very classic scenario. So whereas, you know, I might be the type of person where I need a hug or I need to be held and you might be like, I need space and I need time. So learning what your partner wants and needs and um, having that discussion outside a time of turmoil. So when you're calm and be like, how how do you um, need to feel supported? What can I do for you? And sometimes that's, that's you know, if I saw that you were angry, I might go make you a cup of tea um, and just sit down near you and be like, let's chat if you want to. Or maybe you need a hug or maybe you need to go out and go for a walk for an hour kind of thing. Mm. It's just about learning that within your partner. And I think the difference between men and women is women are much more likely just to want to communicate it verbally. And it's kind of easier 
to address that um, because you're like, cool, I'll sit and listen and she might be more, you'll know if she wants to be hugged or whatever. But um, we need to accept that men and or just anyone can communicate in a different way rather than just being like, here's every single thing I'm feeling and here's like every emotion I've had. It might just be like, I've had a shit day and that's all you're getting out, you know, and then not taking that personally and being like, why won't you tell me? Why don't you open up? Or why don't you do this? Just accepting they've had a shit day. How, what can I do to support you? Yeah. 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 Um, let me play devil's advocate then and say, is that in many ways, almost anti-feminist, you know, getting a cup of tea for the man, like doing all those things. If he's had a bad day, is that, playing into traditional and sometimes harmful gender roles. I don't think it is, but yeah, but I'm just I'm just I'm just yeah, like playing devil's advocate here. I don't think so because I know that you know in the past that that's been if I was crying in front of a um a boyfriend just watching a sad movie or something, he might go pick up and put a blanket around me or like stroke my hair or something like that or be, or if I had a bad day, be like let's go get Solberger, those kind of things, sure. you know. It's it's should be equal amongst both um both genders. Yeah. Mm, I mm. don't think it's toxic. Be like it we do get so sensitive being like, oh if you're making a man a sandwich, you're anti feminist. Like let because there's so many jokes. <laughs> let me just do a about... nice gesture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean I But agree. if you told me to, if you say get in the kitchen woman, probably not. But yeah, that's very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um Yeah, so I think, Mm. you know, to kind of like summarize it, we need, we really need to feel a a sense of purpose. We need belonging. We need to show compassion to our partners, especially men. And we need to understand that they're going to express pain um, and frustration differently to us. And for our younger generations, we need to figure out how we can role model to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and go into, and this is for men and women, you know, you've got to go into a relationship thinking, This isn't just all going to be, you know, roses and flowers yeah, the whole time. Yeah. There's going to be periods where it's going to be work. Yeah, exactly. And you got to, you know, you got to be with that person during their tough times, mm-hmm. as hard as it is for you as well. Again, mm-hmm. if it gets uh, to a point where it's abusive, you, without mm-hmm. a doubt, you leave. But mm-hmm. if you're leaving because, you know, oh, he's just, it's too much to handle right mm-hmm. now, that then that's, I think that's bad. And mm-hmm. that's, um, well, it's worthy of uh, criticism. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I don't know about shame, but it's mm. definitely something to be critical of. Mm. Y- you know, sometimes um, this is what uh, some of the men who are in this space of MRAs and things would say, which is that men are seen as very expendable mm. uh, in society. And, you know, even Chris Rock had a joke where it was only uh, – women and children are loved unconditionally, whereas men are only loved on the condition that they provide something. Um, I think there's an element of truth to that. Um, And, and I, you know, there's Mm. so many issues that women face as well. And, and Mm. having this conversation doesn't imply that, that, you know, well, men have it worse or anything like that. And that's, a big thing we get really defensive yeah um this is a separate issue it is yeah, a, yeah it's a separate yeah. issue and yeah uh men should really 
think about how they identify themselves, what they what they value, and and mm. and then that will contribute to not internalizing um, a relationship breakdown as a failure. Mm. I think it's hard not to mm. sometimes. You know, I've definitely felt that way, mm. and. And um, as a man, if someone else communicates to you being like, oh, man, I've had like a real fucked up day, instead of just saying, oh, that's tough, man, maybe just actually saying, oh, what happened? And opening that yeah, conversation yeah, could be something absolutely. that we can all benefit from. Yeah. Yeah. i got to get, you know, it's mm. it's tough. It's actually yeah. quite tough dealing, you know, you do yeah. this for a job, but yeah. it's not easy um, it's not speaking to people yeah. with mental illness because... Mm you know it 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 does bring you down sometimes mm. when you're dealing with someone who is mm. depressed and then you sort of have to wonder you know how much can i invest into this is it is it hindering my um mm. well-being here so yeah. it is it's really tough yeah. um and i think some of the you know it's important to bring awareness to these issues but a lot of that stuff just comes across as really hollow to me when people are posting those memes and, yeah. you know, are you okay day and all this stuff. It's like, mm. look, what are you actually doing mm. to to um, help mm. this issue here? Mm. Um, and I can, going back to some of the stuff at the at the start, we gotta we gotta think of better ways to to um, entice young boys to want to pursue what I would at least define as virtuous mm. uh, outlets, you know, wanting to study, wanting mm. to educate themselves, wanting to, I think, look, the um, some would say we live in too much of a, you know, uh, shallow culture where people are obsessed about getting ripped at the gym yeah. and whatever. But I think it does, it, it comes with more positives than negatives, yeah. you know, health, and discipline and routine that's mm. what it teaches men going to the going to the gym and like it really does like uh, it can play into a bit of um yeah uh superficiality without mm. a doubt everything comes with positives and negatives i would love to see a society that sort of values um knowledge in the same way it does physical prowess yeah. why why aren't yeah. we having daily routines about you got to read one hour a day yes. you got to write one hour a day you got to uh you can get to you can attain in the same way you know you can get yeah. to 88 90 kilos with zero body so fat true. you can get to a point where you're on the same I love playing that. field as an intellectual here that. and that yeah i'm i'm trying to do that um yeah. but you know i'd love to see people on social media being like yeah, yeah in the same way people are waking up at 6am hustle and grind like mm. hustle and grind with uh with yeah. our minds yes that's you know? so true so because it's what it, and it's just our society that that thinks that way because previously it was so revered and and mm. masculine to be knowledgeable and mm. to be i mean you look at the the philosophers from ancient greece all their mm. all their statues they're jacked yeah. <laughs> whereas now if you're smart you're a nerd and you're yeah. like this little pussy who can't you know fight or whatever and it's the most detrimental yeah. cultural idea that we have and it yeah. it's 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 damaging men and society so much yeah. um so that's what i'd have to say I on, love that. on that but i, I love that. you know it's yeah. easy again it's easier said than done you have to yeah. live that out you can't just say things and yeah. that, that's as i've gotten older you know you got to try and live that out as a person yeah. there's a lot of things i can be better at um and I I want to I want to help you know young boys and things and 
help help them. Yeah, but help them deal with their emotions, but also maintain their resilience and mm. toughness and mm. and be strong and mm. courageous and mm. and brave because those things are important as well. But without without them becoming a closed book yeah. who and can't you know talk what? about their emotions. Talking about your emotions though is courageous and brave. So mm. let's put let's make that a thing. <laughs> sure, it yeah. is. And this because it's so admonished. Yeah. Um and look, a little thing. I think, yeah, have a female, have a platonic female yeah. friend. I do think that's it's helped me. Yeah, it's not my. I don't know it seems kind of <laughs> minuscule, but um, it it helps. Don't mm. don't uh, you know? Yes, deal with some of your issues yourself as much as possible. Do the inner work. But if you are opening up to a girlfriend or a partner and she's punishing you for it. You need to not internalize that and think, no, I shouldn't. Have, okay, I shouldn't have done that. No, you need to then mm-hmm. say, all right, she's not. Yeah, I, I need to move on. Yeah, men actually don't. Don't you know they're very can be fiercely loyal, almost to their detriment. Yeah. Like they could be experiencing all sorts of terrible behavior, and they and they just think, oh, I gotta. No, it's my duty. I gotta yes. stick by her. Yeah. I gotta. I can. I can mm. endure this. Mm. No, get out of there, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> That's it. Communicate it first. If yes. it doesn't yeah, resolve, yeah, yeah, then leave. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I know I'm sort of contradicted because I'm saying oh, women need to like, <laughs> you know, uh, go through if their partner is going through something bad. So I'm not saying, you know, again, yeah. I'm getting to I'm saying when it gets to that point where yeah. it's ab- emotionally or physically abusive. But yeah. you know, I've spoken a lot in these last <laughs> 10 minutes. Let you um because this is something you clearly uh have a very active interest in and you are living out you know mm. you're helping these teenage boys so what are the um concluding remarks as to how what practical steps can people take to 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 help alleviate this this crisis of suicide mm. that's affecting men mm. i think um for for younger um, boys and men um and kids still in school we need to have open conversations um, from family, friends, role models. We need to have more access to resources. School counsellors can be a bit hit and miss. Um, Kids don't know about resources like Headspace often where you get 10 free sessions, you can go in anonymously, those kind of things. Um, We need to talk more about it with our parents and how to educate parents and talking about that with their children um and for adults we need to try increase connection um belonging community so sorry such a terrible (laughs) i should have had that on silent i'm so sorry so sorry about that i very rudely um liza's final remarks were very rudely interrupted by my phone which was not on a flip phone yeah just putting that out there mm. um but yeah i think you know what i think we've covered everything and it's we got to approach this with compassion and education and i think that's it um comes down to those and they're very broad terms but um treating men with compassion when they're opening up encouraging those conversations and just allowing them to occur is so beneficial um and for the men the things that you can do for yourself is finding purpose outside of your relationship and outside of your job um it's fine to have that as your purpose but have additional things as well as that yeah 
And don't be 100%. afraid to see a therapist if you need to see a therapist. It's very true. Yeah. Even yeah. if you don't, just see one anyway. What's the worst that can happen? You talk for an hour and you think mm. it's boring and then you go. That's a good, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for, um, you know, chatting about these things. Yeah, that was, was a good a, one. It was a bit deep. heavy, but yeah, it was, it was heavy, good. But it's yeah. important. It's an important conversation yeah. to have and subscribe if you haven't if you haven't already um and i don't know there's not much else to say um, see you next week see you next week yeah thank you guys for listening to all that